Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast Documentary December Well, we're going to talk about the documentary of all documentaries And that of course is Don't Look Back by D.A. Pennybaker May he rest in peace Produced by John Court and Albert Grossman If you don't know who Albert Grossman is He was a manager for Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin, among others. Now, right there, Don't Look Back, the documentary about Bob Dylan. It opens with Subterranean Homesick Blues, which, of course, is Bob Dylan's masterpiece. This covers his 1965 tour. This is, it came out in 1967. You know, D.A. Pennybaker was a... Uh, an intense filmmaker, made these really great documentaries. In 1998, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In 2014's Sight and Sound poll, film critics voted Don't Look Back, the joint ninth best documentary of all time. That's a testament to D.A. Pennybaker and Bob Dylan. A lot of people, when they hear Bob Dylan's name, they're like, uh-oh. Yes, uh-oh is right, because Bob Dylan doesn't play. Bob Dylan is a mysterious character. You know, if you if you see him in interviews now... Um, let me turn this down a little bit. I don't like how this sounds. There we go. If you listen to Bob, Bob Dylan now in interviews, okay... Um, some people think that something's wrong with him, you know, cause he's a very mysterious character and he talks like that. Even, even Joni Mitchell cracked at him one time, you know, she was like, and, and I love Joni Mitchell. Um, she said, well, you know, I wish I could talk like that too, because how he, Bob Dylan has these different personas, you know, we talk about Tom Waits has different personas. You think of all the different lifetimes that Bob Dylan has recorded. He's made country records. He's made folk records. He's made electric records. You know, um, the way he phrases the words, you could say it was early hip hop. You know, I'm in the basement thinking about the government, the man in a trench coat. I mean, right there. Um, you know, uh, Rolling Stone was voted one of the top songs of all time, you know, and um, in an interview at Bradley, may he rest in peace, asked Bob Dylan and said, you know, where did, how did you write those songs? And Bob Dylan, well, you know, they were kind of magically written, you know, and, and then the name itself, Bob Dylan, because his real name is Robert Zimmerman, you know, and he says, well, why Bob Dylan? He says, well, this is the land of the free. You can call yourself anything you want to here. And I've always been fascinated with Bob Dylan, mainly because of how he likes to play the media, because he knows that the media is full of shit, and he knows that. And there's an interview, I think it's in Don't Look Back, where he's being interviewed in KQED in San Francisco, and they're asking him all of these questions, and he's just, and he's, and he's, and he's hip to it. He's like, uh oh, you know. Um, because you can't just say, oh, no comment, you know, at that time in the sixties, they figured, oh, every, everyone's a, everyone's an open book, um, you know, and, um, 
I think people take what they want from Bob Dylan's songs, you know? I had a, a boss and a professor who, may he rest in peace, really interesting guy. In fact, he started out in radio in Czechoslovakia. And he one time said to me, he says, you know, that is something about your country I don't understand, is Bob Dylan. And I said, well, he's a troubadour. He's not supposed to have this good, pretty voice. And a lot of the singer-songwriters don't. Um, but a lot of what Bob Dylan writes, everyone and their mother has covered it. And his songs have been taught in colleges and analyzed and broken down and deconstructed. You know, um, he he is the poet laureate of the 20th century. If you want to go back and, you know, you're an alien and you come to Earth and you're like, what was the 20th century like? Well, you can just listen to Bob Dylan songs, you know, um, uh, like a Rolling Stone one of my favorites is Maggie's Maggie's um, Farm. I'm not going to work on Maggie's Farm no more. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the later Bob Dylan, I got into Bob Dylan in high school and I had this, this teacher who was a real asshole. And um, I've talked about it before how I could never watch Casablanca because he talked over it as he's showing it to us. But he would play Bob Dylan, but he would play his later stuff. And so I got in Bob Dylan's, I, I got into Bob Dylan in reverse. Okay. So I'm listening to the 97 time out of mind, time out of mind. Basically what had happened was Bob Dylan was given a death sentence and had this heart ailment and he thought he was going to die. So what does he do? Oh, he's just going to record. So he records this very apocalyptic dystopian album about death. Um, I mean, there's one song on there. It's not, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Okay. You know, um, love, uh, love sick. Um, there was always a rumor I think my teacher started this rumor that Bob Dylan wrote that about a relationship he had with Raquel Welch. Okay. Well, you know, he also had a relationship or he wanted to marry um, Mavis Staples of the Staples Singers and actually went to Pop Staples of the Staples Singers to ask for Mavis's hand in marriage. But, it, you know, they later remained friends. And so we're going to dive into Don't Look Back. You know, Patti Smith does a really great intro on Don't Look Back and and hurt the significance to her. That's the that's why I'm doing these podcasts is about the significance of these documentaries to you and I. And Patty Smith, you know, um she's also got a documentary that we're gonna talk about. Um, you know, really was revered by Bob Dylan. I mean, she, you know, some have called her the female Bob Dylan, while a professor of mine once said she's better than Bob Dylan. So, but Patti Smith, um, when Bob Dylan received, um, you know, the pull, or was it the, the Nobel Prize in literature? Patti Smith showed up because Bob wasn't going to go and get it. So this is Patti Smith on Bob Dylan, and don't look back. Oh, we can't because the music. We can't because of the music. Where's Patty though? If we have her talk, because um, copyright wise, I don't want Bob to come after me. You know, I don't want him to call me up and go, "Hey, 
What you doing with my songs, boy? Yeah, I, I don't want. I, I love. Here we go. As a young person, the first album I ever had, my mother came home. She was a waitress, and she said, "I bought this album for you. It looked like somebody you'd like." She brought me another side of Bob Dylan, and she was right. Of course, that was it. That was it for me. I was. Uh, I had found my guy. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I don't want to. It's always a problem with, you know, copyright. Here we go. And then I got into Joan Baez and I had some identification because, you know, I had hair like her and dressed like her and she was such a strong presence, political maverick. But Bob Dylan was the whole. Package. Yep. Bob Dylan was the whole package. And we're going to dive into Don't Look Back. You know, there's another there's another documentary on Bob Dylan, coincidentally done by Martin Scorsese, where he talks about his, his beginning, you know, why he really started to write those songs. You know, um, how he saw Buddy Holly. He talks about that a lot. How he saw Buddy Holly before the plane crash. And years later, when Bob won Album of the Year at the Grammys, he says, you know, I, I, I once saw Buddy Holly playing Duluth, and I was five feet away from him, and he looked at me. And I don't know how I could explain this, but I kind of feel he was with us during the making of this record. So he feels that the ghost of Buddy Holly is with them while they're making that record. Here we go. And that's, you know, Bob Dylan, a lot of it also that's not discussed in the, in the documentaries. He had a cocaine problem. He had a speed problem. You know, I don't think the marijuana was doing that. Here's, here's him with Time Magazine and Don't Look Back. Are you going to see the concert tonight? Are you going to hear it? No. Okay. You hear it and see it. And uh, it's going to happen fast. And you're not going to get it all. And you might even hear the wrong words. You know? And then afterwards, see, I, can't, I won't be able to talk to you afterwards. I got nothing to say about these things I write. I mean, I just write them. I don't to say anything about them. I don't write them for any reason. There's no great message. I mean, if, if you, know, you want to tell other people that, go ahead and tell them. But I'm not going to have to answer to it. And they're just going to think, you know, what's this Time magazine telling us? But, that, but you couldn't care less about that either. You don't know the people that read you. Because, uh, you know, uh, I've never been in Time magazine. And yet this hall is filled twice. You know, uh, and I've never been in Time magazine. I don't need Time magazine. And I don't think I'm a folk singer. You'll probably call me a folk singer. But, you know, the other people know better. Because the people that, you know, that buy my records listen to me know this to be Time Magazine. You know the audience that subscribes to Time Magazine? The audience of, of the, the people that want to know what's happening in the world week by week. The people that work during the day and can read it. It's small, right? And it's concise. And there's pictures in it. I mean, those kind of, you know, those a certain class of people. It's a class of people that take... And so Bob Dylan is aware of his audience and he's aware that the media likes to fuck with his audience and him as well. And 
you know, this was around the time when he went electric. When he when he went electric, it was a controversial thing. You and I don't think that, but the folk community did, including Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger, who I think had a lot of issues, but wrote, you know, this land is your land, this land is my land. Well, he was, you know, they were doing the the folk festival, and what happened was is that Bob Bob was Bob was people saw Bob Dylan as strangely as a musical prophet. He's singing these songs, you know, um the times are a change in and a hard rain's gonna fall. And um Mavis Mavis Staples has said many times that at first she didn't think much of it and then she starts to realize what Bob's writing is inspirational. So then what happens is Bob goes electric and he starts traveling with this band that would later become the band. And they go to the, you know, the, the folk festival and um, Bob goes electric and it's captured in Don't Look Back and, you know, and other documentaries. But people people started to scream at him you know judas and oh he's changed because a lot of a lot of music fans don't like change but because you know they this is this is their bob dylan and so what don't look back captures is this is a new bob dylan it opens with an electric of course subterranean homesick blues which is a bob dylan classic you know um I mean, uh, one of my favorites is the uh, Ballad of the Thin Man, you know, and if you listen to the lyrics, that's the, that's the beauty of Bob Dylan is those lyrics, you can, you can try to decipher them any way you want to. It may mean something different to you, um, but for me, Ballad of Thin Man, because it's this long, drawn out, and of course, um, like a Rolling Stone. You know those uh, that those that's traveling music right there. Let's dive back into "Don't Look Back." Seriously, I mean, sure, I can read it. You know, I read it. I read it on the airplanes, but I don't take it seriously. If I want to find out anything, I'm not going to read Time magazine. I'm not going to read Newsweek. I'm not going to read any of these magazines. I mean, because they just got too much to lose by printing the truth. You know that. What kind of truth are they reading? On anything, even on a worldwide basis. They just go off the stands in a day if they print really the truth. No, I, I don't know. This one's okay. It's fine. I don't know about sure this. This jacket. Yeah, good jacket. But you know what's... It's what? Well, yeah, the rain is probably going to fall. Think so? Why do you know? It's some sort of funny. Crape paper. It's what? No, just crape paper. I like it, you know? I like it. I really do. I like it. It's very tight. It's hot. That's the only thing you know. You got one of these ties to go on. Oh, no. <laughs> So Bob meets some gypsy fans and don't look back. That is from the Criterion collection. Okay. 
So the opening scene of the film has Dylan displaying and discarding a series of cue cards bearing selected words and phrases from the lyrics to his song, Subterranean Homesick Blues, including international misspellings and puns. This was the first single from his most recent album and a top 10 hit in the UK. When he filmed it there, a fact discussed in the film. Allen Ginsberg appears in the background having a discussion with another person. You know, Subterranean Homesick Blues, that video done by D.A. Pennybaker has been been parodied so many... You know, they say that when you're parody, you, you've made it. Um, and then the film features Joan Baez, Donovan, Alan Price, who had just left the animals, Dylan's manager, Albert, Albert Grossman, and his road manager, Bob Newworth, Marianne Faithful, John Morrell, Ginger Baker of Cream, and Allen Ginsberg may also be glimpsed in the background. The film shows a young Dylan confident, if not arrogant confrontational contrary but also charismatic and charming notable scenes include Dylan's extended taunting of Time Magazine which you just listened to uh, London art section correspondent Horace Freeland Jetson who was subjected to what he believes to be a contrived tirade of abuse from Bob Dylan Dylan's interrupting Alan Price backstage performance of Little Things to ask Price why he left the animals. <laughs> Dylan and Baez singing Hank Williams songs in a hotel room, as well as Baez singing the first few verses of Percy's song, and Love is Just a Four-Letter Word, which, which was still apparently unfinished at the time. As Baez later tells Dylan, if you finish it, I'll sing it on a record. She would record it on Any Day Now in 1968. Dylan's pre-concert philosophical jousting with a science student, Terry Ellis, who later co-founded Chrysalis Records. Oh, my. Grossman negotiating with former bebop dance band leader and music agent Tito Burns. Dylan singing only a pawn in their game on July 6, 1963 at a voters registration rally in Greenwood, Mississippi, shot by artist and experimental filmmaker Ed Iswiller. A selection of songs from Dylan's Royal Albert Hall performance, and then Dylan regaling from the room with It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, after proclaiming, hey, that's a good song, man, during a Donovan performance of To Sing For You. Um, this documentary, you know, I mean, it, it's been said so many times captures bob dylan you know bob bob dylan like i said he's a mysterious character and he truly is a character i mean you think of all the different incarnations of bob dylan from then to now and even now he's still you know he still does it and when covid goes away you know he's going to go back on tour he's made that promise to whomever i mean he once said in an interview he, they said well why do you still do it and he says well you know i made a made a promise to the chief commander and it's like okay did you sell your soul or something you know and with that we go back to the crossroads and you know um robert johnson and which a lot of people think is bullshit because you if you know i've talked to spiritualist people and and um people who have dabbled and said you can't actually sell your soul you know there it's actually a process um that we won't go into it's a little disturbing um the original title of this film's don't look back without an 
apostrophing the first word, D.A. Pennybaker, the film's writer-director, decided to punctuate the title this way because it was my attempt to simplify the language. Many sources, however, have assumed this to be typographical error and have corrected the title, Don't Look Back. In the commentary track to the DVD release, Pennybaker said that the title came from the satchel page, quote, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. And that Dylan shared this view. Huh. Pennybaker has stated the famous subterranean homesick blues music video that is shown at the beginning of the film was actually shot at the very end of the filming. Pennybaker decided during editing to place it at the beginning of the film as, as a stage for Dylan to begin the film. Yeah, because like I've said before, Bob Dylan is his character. So he's going to open this show the way he wants to you know um the reception has been very well received by critics okay who cares i think at the end of the day like i've said and i've said this before and i'll say it again now don't play these documentary podcasts for the kids or anyone because you know like i said with the documentaries these are gritty and i'm going to say this i'm going to say fuck the critics and you have to say that because you need to make the interpretation for yourself if you want to watch this or not if you want to listen to it i've always said to film friends of mine and filmmakers you know when we when we make something it's not to please you it's because we wanted to make it i'm a writer i write poetry i don't write it to show other people i write it because i have to get it out of me just like Bob Dylan. That's why I'm going to get a little verklempt, a little choked up. That's why I love Bob Dylan is because he can write it. He's not going to go revisit it. Oh, why did I write, write that? You know, you're not going to self-analyze yourself. Oh my God. Um, you know, I write things and then I don't look at it again. I wrote, I write it because good. If someone else likes it, okay. You know, but I wrote it because I had to get it out of myself. And that's what Bob Dylan does. But at the same time, like I said, he's playing, he's playing this audience, you know, um, and that's good. He, you know, he, he's got him. He's got him where he wants him. Um, um, all right. So don't look back, Bob Dylan. You know, Patty Smith has talked about it. Martin Scorsese has talked about it. Everyone in their chicken has talked about this documentary. This is a legendary documentary. You want to know the man? First, you watch Don't Look Back, and then you watch um, No Direction Home, the 2015, 2005 documentary, more like four hours, done by Martin Scorsese, okay? So at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, this is Documentary December. We're going to dive into these documentaries. I'm recording them at a fast pace because you know what? It, I, I'm taking I'm taking Prince's um, ethos. You know, Prince would record things and then just put them out when he felt like it. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm recording these day and night. Um, you know, they what I what I try to do is originally with the series. You know, I record something before midnight, but because I already put something out today after midnight, that's when you're going to get it, you know, because uh, that's, uh, but at the same time, like I said, I always, I always have things backed up that I'm going to release. So with Bob Dylan, I mean, there, there really isn't much more to say. Like I said, he, he's written books, he's written biographies, but if you really want to know the man, you got to see him on screen. You got to see 
how he reacts to people, how he receives people. Okay. You know, when you, when someone does what he does, you know, and you've got that merry band of stalkers, you know, and people overanalyzing what you do. Yeah. It's like, okay, because, you know, I'll listen to one of his songs and it means something totally different to me than it would a critic or a historian. And, um, you know, that's that's Bob Dylan in a nutshell. And, and a lot of this, though, if you notice the erratic behavior in this documentary, he was doing drugs at that time. Okay. And it's research that I did in preparing for this, you know, and who's going to call him out on that? We're not going to call him out on that. That's his moment. You know what? That's none of our business. That's his business. When these performers do that, okay, you know, um, and this, you know, sadly it is tolerated and you look at the record industry, they really don't care as long as you pump out those albums, as long as, as, long as you pump them out. But I think at this point, Bob Dylan seems to be in a very good place. He's these, uh, this elder statesman. He's about to turn 80 next year. I don't, think, I don't even think he thought he'd live this long. But he's still making albums. He's still making albums. He's still out there. He's still doing what he wants to do. And, you know, no holds barred. That's Don't look back. D.A. Pennybaker. D.A. Pennybaker, you know, did the Monterey Pop Festival. Um... I don't know. He didn't do "Give Me Danger," "Give Me Shelter." Um, the uh, the two brothers who did um, "Great Gardens" did "Give Me Shelter." But D. A. Penny D. A. Pennerbaker is a really great documentarian, and that's what I want to stress with this series. This is why I'm doing the documentaries is because you learn something about these artists that you didn't know, you know. Or if you're not a Bob Dylan fan, maybe you'll become a Bob Dylan fan. You'll be like, oh, you know, I like that subterranean homesick blues, or when he's singing "It's All Over Now, Baby Blue," you know, um, and he's singing that to Joan Baez. And so, as always, unpleasant dreams. Thank you.